Welcome to Space Rocks. My name's Roxy. I work in broadcasting and I was a candidate of the Dear Moon Project. I'm here with Gonzalo Martin, who works at the European Space Agency. So, Gonzalo, would you like to tell us about yourself and what you do? With pleasure, Roxanne. So, as you have introduced me, my name is Gonzalo Martin. I work at the European Space Agency, and uh, we are working with all kinds of startups and scale-up companies to support them reach to the next level. All of them using space technology because space uh, is actually a great world to to work on at the moment. You follow a little bit the news, you see lots of great things going around. But there is much more than launching rockets and putting satellites and, uh, and cool astronauts in space. There is also all the, the bits and pieces that uh, are behind and in parallel when those things are actually happening. And our job, my job in particular, is a lot about supporting those things. Thank you, Gonzalo. That sounds great. Um, so... We decided to start a podcast and our first episode, we really wanted it to be about STEM study. So STEM stands for science, technology, engineering and mathematics. So Gonzalo, why is STEM important? I'm actually glad that you are asking me this question. So (laughs) let's start a little bit with the beginning. STEM is great, like space, because STEM allows you to understand all the underlying foundations of a lot of these very cool ideas that are actually going out there. Of course, uh, I'm sure that a lot of people is going to come and say, that's very complicated, (laughs) do I need to understand subatomic matter, propulsion? Well, I mean, yes and no. There is like... uh, Yes, it's complicated. No, you don't need to understand everything to work on STEM and do actually great things. It requires to achieve certain mastery on certain areas and uh, depending a little bit exactly on the things that uh, that you are working in and how the things you are actually going to do. But no, it doesn't require you to do everything at that. It, I would say that uh, working on STEM is all about passion, dedication, you need to get, uh, to get uh, a lot of effort and a lot of thoughts, but in the end, it's something that pays off. Because when you are sitting there and you see that a rocket launches, or you can see that the next vaccine to, hold, to, to solve the COVID pandemic, or the next uh, model of car is out there helping you to reduce em- uh, emissions to the atmosphere and make a more green and sustainable planet, then you sit there and say, yeah, all this actually was worth it. It was actually really, really very good. But I'm a little bit divagating. Let's come back a little bit uh, to, to the point of the question. So STEM is important because it's the foundations for the entrepreneurs of tomorrow. So today you are doing a lot of very cool technologies, prototyping, uh, demonstrations, uh, public support for this, trying to talk to a lot of people in universities, and all that work will actually lead to a foundation technology that would allow you to go in the future with a very cool company or with a very cool uh, product that you could actually get into the market. Let's give a little bit, uh, a little bit some, some examples. For example, myself, I dedicated five years to study a master's degree with theory and practice. And uh, a lot of that work, of course, 
of course, it's not used. Uh, it's not used anymore. But it allowed me to put some foundations for the future to be able to do to reach to where I am today, and also to do lots of things that otherwise I will not be able to. I will not be able to to do that. I myself am a telecom engineer by background. But there is lots of people studying aeronautics, chemistry, um, IT, physics. Um, Almost everything that you can that you can imagine on on these kind of things, and all those people are putting foundations to give to give basically to help mankind to move forward. Sometimes it's not the best paid job. Sometimes it's a lot of headaches. Many times it's uh, a lot of fighting with uh, the specific policies or realities of the environment. But trust me, when you get there and you get into the thing and you are getting your hands dirty into this. It's actually something that you forget about all that and you say it was worth all this. Well, hard work always pays off, in my opinion. Thank you, Gonzalo. That was really well put. And I'm sure our audience will take a lot away from that. So, Gonzalo, are there internships available in order to complete STEM study or is it necessary to go to university only? That's a very interesting question. So the short answer is yes. There are a lot of internships, traineeships, practice, contracts, mm -hmm. uh, work uh, for free or paid to, uh, to work on STEM. And not on organizations like myself, they have programs like what they call the Young Graduate Trainee Program, which is an opportunity for people that have finished the university studies to have the first job in space. But in the same way that uh, ESA offers this, Universities, research institutes, lots of public organizations have this kind of, uh, this kind of uh, opportunities for young professionals and even more also for people that uh, have already a career and decide to start again from scratch. There's a lot of people that say, look, I'm working on this. I really would like to come back to the roots to start in a new career. But there are lots of opportunities like that. Um, most of the of these internships, if not all of them, require to have some university for a foundation because it's something that uh, is a little bit difficult. It requires to understand certain underlying concepts of physics, maths, technology, engineering. Some of them or all of them depends a little bit on the on the peculiarity. But yes, it requires to go a little bit into into that. Not everyone that works in STEM technologies need to have gone through university. There are all these cases, very clever people that have uh, self-taught themselves to uh, to get into this. Sure. And sometimes great ideas come from uh, from those things. However, the most likely chance, uh, the most likely path, is that you have actually gone through this thing and uh, through the university, and you are able at the end to come back and say, yeah. I have seen this opportunity and this gives me the first uh, real chance for me to test that all what I have learned can be applied into something that will be the great technology or the great breakthrough of tomorrow. That's a great answer and it really ties in to my next question um, because I think with, with the STEM study program, it's kind of like... Um, I think I was saying earlier when we were uh, discussing the STEM study program, it's it's like Venus, it kind of hides uh, 
behind the clouds, especially in this country, because I, I feel like not a lot of people know about it. And it's also very unattractive because Venus is a very unattractive planet. So, um, you know, the way you're explaining it to me, it's kind of becoming like a Saturn, which is a beautiful planet. Look, uh, this is a, not so long ago, I was actually having a, a discussion with, a, with an investor and I was trying to convince him about, yeah, space is great, everything. And the guy, actually, he gave me an answer that uh, <laughs> completely dismantled myself. He asked me, so you work in space? Yeah. So, so what's great about the moon? <laughs> are, they great, are, they, are they great beaches? Uh, can I go to the, can I swim there? And the, the margaritas there are better than the ones I can <laughs> in a cocktail bar in London. No. So why am I interested to, to go there? Uh, yeah, I have to admit that in the moment, it's a little bit, you, you stop and you say, well, yes, you're right. <laughs> Sorry to say so bluntly. But the point is that it's not about uh, if yeah. I'm going to go to the moon and if uh, Margaritas and the sun is going to be better than on Earth. It's all about to say we are trying to provide a future to mankind. Yes. Um, there is actually a school of thought that uh, that, that goes a little bit this, this kind of lines. Mm -hmm. Resources are, the Earth is a close, is a close system and resources are finite. Therefore, now we have to go into all kinds of uh, elements that uh, ensure that we are going to have enough resources for all of us to maintain our standard of living or a little bit worse and be able to still to progress because technology is going to be able to solve the pro, uh, that, uh, that scarcity problem that, that we have. Uh, we are going to find some cool technology that is going to help us eat less or use less power or things like that. Um, but uh, the underlying problem with that uh, kind of thought is the, or the underlying challenge is that that uh, assumes that we are going to be poorer in the future. So it's important what we do here on this exactly. planet. Yeah, It's important what we do in this planet, but it's also important to think a little bit ahead because uh, space is a, is, a, is, a, is a category of STEM that thinks beyond that. So it's to say, okay, the Earth is, a, the Earth is, not, is not just a closed system that we have to be here and we have to protect and maintain and basically have a little bit of a drop, uh, a night drop in the future because... Uh, Unfortunately, our uh, lifestyle is not going to be sustainable. What we are trying to do in space is to say the Earth is the beginning, but then there are other things out there out of which we can try to go, we can try to obtain resources, we can try to invest, thanks to that we can investigate cool technologies that then we can apply on Earth in order to try to make our, our world better, cleaner, greener, and uh, more attractive. And that is also because, not only because we are sending people away, but because all those cool technologies necessary to go there, yeah. we have been able to integrate them uh, here as well. So, because we are thinking future ahead, we can also shape our own future, not only on this planet, but also outside. Yeah, well, somebody can actually come and say, yeah, but still uh, margaritas in Mars uh, is what I have to say. Well, maybe we have to wait a little bit some years about that. But what I can actually tell to you is, uh, today you use mobile phones, don't you? Of course, yeah. yeah. And your mobile phone has a camera, don't you? 
Def- definitely has a camera. <laughs> yeah. So the first camera, uh, the first digital camera was mounted yep. in a space system that was going to, to have a look the, onto Mars. If uh, there was not someone thinking about making this, maybe today we will not have phones and mobile cameras. So it's also an investment for the future. Firstly, cleaner, greener and more attractive sounds great. So I was lucky enough to go pretty far in something called the Dear Moon Project. So for anyone who doesn't know about that, it's basically an application to go to the moon. You don't have to have any sort of experience. You don't have to have worked in space. Just passionate about going to the moon. So Gonzalo, I 100% would not be able to successfully travel to the moon without people who have the necessary skill sets and STEM study program is perfect for people who want to investigate these type of opportunities. Well, absolutely. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, uh, it's very common when you ask a, ch- a child what they want to do to be yeah. uh, when they are old. I would like to be an astronaut. I would mm-hmm. like to be, to be like that. Yeah. But that is only one part of the whole thing. Yeah. There is a lot of things behind, including materials, nutrition, psychology, um, um, rockets, uh, uh, living systems, uh, food, uh, lots of things that go into this, that without that, it would be absolutely impossible to, uh, for example, that uh, you will actually be able to go to the moon as part of the moon, or that Elon Musk is thinking about going to Mars, or even that ourselves are going to try to produce uh, some sort of imagery to understand the, the future of our planet and how we are doing good and not so good in order to protect uh, to protect it. So it's a little bit, uh, but it's not just about, I would like to be the best about uh, physics or materials or yeah. whatever. Sure. It's about also how you collaborate with the uh, different things in order to produce a solution that is better than the sum of its parts. So maybe I'm a, I'm a theoretical physicist. I'm maybe thinking about some sort of cool equation that is going to help us travel faster to Mars and beyond. But if there is no engineer after that that is able to design some sort of product, uh, a rock, uh, an engine to go that, and if there is no nutritionist that is able to think about what these astronauts need to eat in this kind of uh, microgravity conditions, or if there is no uh, chemistry that, uh, chemist uh, that is able to think about uh, how to assemble all these things and make it uh, sense in a material that is able to resist all this stress, then it will not, not work. Thank you, Gonzalo. That was really informative. I think for me, you know, young people really find it tough to decide what career path they want to go down. I think sometimes, um, you know, if I was to ever give advice, I think it would be a good idea to really explore your strengths, but also try to think about what you're passionate about, if that's a fair thing to say. Let me ask you, let me bounce the question back. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Why do you think that that is the case? I'm only speaking about the UK. And, you know, sometimes I believe their education hasn't really equipped them for the real world. And also maybe lack of support with identifying what they actually really want to do. I think this could be a problem with university opening days because you don't really explain what the course can do for you. I mean, I, I studied business and languages. I ended up working in broadcasting. 
I think maybe speaking to people like yourself, Gonzalo, who um, are really great at demonstrating themselves and I think that could be a really good idea to actually speak to the person who does that job and I'm sure people are willing to help with that route. What we were saying is that there is a lot of, uh, there is a continuous decrease on the amount of STEM applications. Currently, it's not such a big problem because there is a lot of uh, migrant and migration that has come to, to Europe in particular and the UK in particular. Mm -hmm. And what we see is that a big number of the second and third generations of those people that come to our countries, they are keen to go to, to study STEM disciplines. For example, in my case, uh, my parents suffered the Spanish Civil War and the Second, and the Second World War, even if uh, in Spain didn't suffer very much because uh, we already have the Civil War before. And their aim was for me to study something because in their mind, going to the university was the key to a better future. So a lot of these people, when they come, they also have that the, that mentality that the, the, if these people can have access to universities, they would actually be be better and they will be in a better position to face their own futures, which is great. However, these people, if there is no further renewal of that kind of spirit, these people also will fade away and we will be, be left in the hands of the people that are really invested in STEM, which is basically the US and China. And uh, even if the people come and say, yeah, but come on, that's not a problem because I can go make my own company, get some sort of venture money, and it's great because I can uh, get into this. The big problem here is that uh, today you can make all these things because there was an investment in STEM 10, 20, 30 years ago. And even now there is still investment on, on STEM technologies for that. However... For that to happen in the future, let's say 10, 15, 20 years down the line, there is a need to invest in those technologies right now. If those things are not there, there will be no room in the future for you to make your cool startup and get into the news and be the next Steve Jobs or whatever you would like, uh, you would like to be. So that's the reason why that is important. Thank you, Gonzalo. That was an excellent answer, as always. Um... You mentioned China. I wanted to come back to that. So statistically, STEM is not very popular in the UK, but it is actually very popular to study in China. Why do you think that is? That's actually a question that you can attack from a number of angles. Uh, yes. My mother, my mother used to say to me, look how many clever people are in China because a lot of thing, uh, things that are coming up from there. Well, of course, if China has one-sixth of the population, uh, statistically speaking, <laughs> they have more, more, more geniuses than anywhere else in the world. But uh, even if we can actually go into that, uh, that kind of argument, which uh, to a certain extent is true, there is, of course, uh, certain support that is needed. But uh, in the particular case of China, there is a little bit of a dark uh, side to all this, which it could be very interesting for, especially for our youngsters to, to understand. In the previous years, there have actually been quite a lot of uh, push towards uh, what we typically call the tech industries. So all these kind of ventures that go, and there is like a lot of things like we go and... Uh, Etc. Which are ventures that, if you look into the uh, into the news, they have a, uh, they were making like a lot of very big names. However, the Chinese government has decided to stop uh, giving priority to these things 
and forcing the people to study more on STEM. Why is that? Because uh, lots of uh, five, six years ago, the Chinese government was trying to follow a little bit the American model. In the American model, they have uh, there is like uh, companies that uh, they have the people that become millionaire, very rich, based on this kind of uh, of companies, uh, tech companies. And all of us, we can think about names, like for example, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, etc. Elon Musk started making uh, PayPal. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos started making um, uh, Amazon. And after a lot of years, they have decided to reinvest a lot of their profits into STEM. Elon Musk is now making rockets and electric cars. Jeff Bezos is making also rockets and uh, stations and habitats in the moon and, and some other things. So the Chinese government was having the hope that some of these entrepreneurs were going to make a lot of money and they were going to give back in order to start uh, creating their own STEM Chinese ecosystem, not only supported by universities and public money, but also by means of this, uh, of this private money to go there. But what has happened? Nothing has happened. That the, yeah. the entrepreneurs have decided to become, oh yeah, I have a lot of money, why well, I need to make my life complicated, it's fine, I have my venture, I don't need to do anything else. And that return that was expected to be invested into STEM companies in China has not happened. So now, what the Chinese government has decided to enter into the, into, to put the hands dot into the subject, and what they are doing <laughs> is forcing people to study STEM. No one to say, I mean, we, you can actually say, yeah, but there is always passionate people. Yeah, sure, there is always passionate people. But what they really want is to make, become a scientific superpower. So then in 10, 20 years, when all this STEM Chinese technology is available there, and they could actually not only flood the world with it, but they could actually get a future generation of Chinese entrepreneurs to rely on that instead of relying on US technology or European technology and getting to there. So the problem that we have is that if we don't invest and we get uh, people in our nations investing and developing STEM technologies now, in 10, 20, maybe 50 years, all of us will be using Chinese discoveries to advance and to make this, which in the end is another is another form of uh, same dependence on on countries and technologies that are not ours, but from a, from an outside power. Does that answer your question? No, absolutely. When I lived in China, I lived in a rural place called Qinghe, where mass production in factories was really the key to making money and exploring, you know, other countries who wanted to buy these products. But if you were lucky enough to be able to afford an education, it was always engineering of some kind. So if we don't choose to invest and promote STEM study in the UK, we won't have the relevant skill sets in the future that we need. So therefore, we will be relying on China and the US. Or even Russia, because also Russia, we don't hear about them, but there are great things going on there. Let me tell you also another story that... Uh, I'd love to hear it. I love your stories. <laughs> <laughs> but it might also be very interesting about, uh, also for, uh, for our listeners. Yeah. Um, in Spain, there is a... Well, he died, unfortunately, a couple of years ago, but there was a very famous cartoonist. His name was Forges. 
and uh, he was basically making the typical satirical uh, sketches in the newspaper with political nature, sometimes etc. But he had one joke that was uh, very recurrent. Very, he basically every three to four years he was putting once in the in the newspaper, and the, the joke is a little bit as follows. Imagine the picture. Mm-hmm. So a sunset. Uh, and a cliff, and there is a father with a son sitting there looking to the to the sunsetting down. And, sun, and in sunsets, it, it is like a beach, some of the kinds is a city, some of the places is a little bit a countryside and a village, sometimes it's a road, but the, the, the scene is more or less the same. And the father is telling to the son, my son, one day, all this will be China. <laughs> wow, that's a... And that, how many years ago, sorry? Well, he was he died a couple of years ago, but he was putting it in the in the newspaper every two to three years. It was appearing this, uh, this vignette uh, uh, quite recurrently about that. So when you yeah. read it, typically what you will expect is to say, my son, one day all this will be yours. But he yeah. came to say, my son, one day all this will be China. Yeah, it's a, Just, it's, a, it's, a it's a valid point because the the way the system is, I mean, I've, you know, been there myself and it's, um, they're, they're very focused and they get, they seem to get it right in, in so many different angles. And, you know, if the STEM study program is, is popular there and, you know, they're willing to put the work in, then of, of course it will it will be something we have to rely on um, in it's, the future. It's not only that it's popular, but um, we have also to understand that uh, China is not a democracy like uh, our countries in Europe. Yeah. So they have the luxury of not necessarily listening to the people to everything that they do. They have the luxury of saying, this is the way where we really would like our society to move on. Yes. And uh, if the society does not agree, we don't care. We just force them to go into this direction. They recognize that STEM is very valuable. And uh, they are encouraging the people to study. And when there is not enough people to study, they force them to study. I can imagine that uh, if uh, we come to Europe and we say to the people, uh, to a family or to a child, you have to be a materials engineer, (laughs) you have to be a chemistry, because I say so. Well, maybe when you're a child, you don't really complain very much, but at least the parents will complain because they say, no, my child has to uh, study, has to be free to choose, etc. But you can see the difference in the implications. So it's very important that uh, in our democracies, our parties in government, uh, they have this this agreed consensus on what is going to be the future of our countries in 20, 30, 50 years. Not just think on the next election, but they really need to think a little bit on what is the model of society they really would like to, to go and work in consensus, not just uh, on passing the next law or thinking that in two or three years I have to present myself on the, uh, on the elections. But they need to get into this consensus because without that, we are lost. I'm really glad we've ended up on this particular topic, actually. It's really interesting to learn how 
you know, popular the STEM fields are in China. And I guess if working in China is something that you're interested in, the STEM qualification would automatically be recognised and valued. You know, in China, people would work insanely hard and the thought process was, we are doing this for our country. I don't think we think like that in the UK. In that kind of thing, we have the American model, which is uh, pretty much because the American mentality is very much Anglo-Saxon in that point of view, which is me, is myself, I'm a free spirit, I do whatever I want. But still, there is this kind of thing that uh, I become rich uh, and I continue pushing. It's not that uh, I become some sort of... Uh, content with what I have and that's it. The people is still pushing and continue going there. And they have this uh, still within this men- this mentality, yeah. they really have the, the thing that America is great and that they are working not only for making themselves uh, rich, but also for the country to be great. Thank you so much, Gonzalo. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you today. Pleasure has been actually mine, and I hope to talk to you again soon. And to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. So if you have any questions about STEM study, please do get in touch with us. Any feedback about a podcast or anything you would like us to cover, we would absolutely love to hear from you. But for now, we're going to say bye.